How's it, guys? My name is Mark Haystick, and I'm the host of the Birding Life Youth Podcast. On today's episode, we have a guest speaker, Ian Grobler, who's also a young wildlife photographer like the guests I had in my episode two weeks ago. So, Ian, welcome to the Birding Life Youth Podcast. Hey, Mark. Yeah, it's great to have me here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me here. It's great. Yeah. Cool. It's a pleasure. Um, tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm 15 and I'm living in uh, in Strand, it's 30 minutes of drive from Cape Town, uh, and I live on the coast. And uh, yeah, we can see the sea from our, the ocean from our from our front porch. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you're living basically on the ocean. Yeah. And what sort of photography do you do most of the time? So I go out on the rocks at low tide, and I photograph some seabirds. Okay, cool. And like, when did you start photography? When did you get your first camera? So I started photography probably like. 2014, 15, I started using my mom's camera and uh, I started loving photography so much. We, uh, we got a, a DSLR camera for me in 2017 and uh, yeah, from then, since then I've used the, the DSLR to improve uh, my photography skills and uh, write up school. So what was the first trip you went on with your new camera? So about a month after I got the camera, we went to Addo Elephant National Park. For two weeks. Okay. Uh, and uh, what was, how was that trip? How did it go? Oh, it was excellent. We had some excellent sightings of lions and of course elephants as at elephants. The national parks, of course, known. Yeah, of so course. Yeah. Of yeah. And uh, we actually saw a basket box and uh, lots of ostriches. Uh, uh, so we actually saw some cheetahs as well. There aren't any cheetahs in Addo Elephant National Park, actually. Uh, the two cheetahs, I think they were males, perhaps. I'm not sure. Brothers, I think. Escaped from a neighboring private game reserve, actually. What? Uh, that we had a chance. We had a chance to see them on a kill. That was great. Awesome. Oh, my word. We missed word. the kill, but someone in camp told us of the uh, of the kill and went and drove the location. There were tons of cars and the people were just saying like that, that, that. <laughs> sure yeah i'm sure yeah. because it's like uh, i don't i've never been to addo actually and i'll stay closer to it than you do <laughs> but uh, i've never actually heard of cheetahs being there or not i'm not too familiar with the park but i'm sure lots of people must have been like flocking to the sighting because yeah probably a, a once in a yeah. lifetime sighting in the park and uh what were some of the usual bird species you saw there so, as I mentioned already, we saw lots of ostriches, probably pretty much every day we saw ostriches. We also saw denims busted active at times, which is our Southern Africa's second largest busted species. And there were lots of almond guinea as well, and southern bobos, uh, uh, fish called flycatchers. Yeah. yeah. And a pale chanting goshawk as well, about every day, lots of. Cool. And like, it's quite impressive that you remembered all these species because as you told me earlier, um, at this stage, you weren't much of a birder, hey? Yeah. Yeah. I've grown much in appreciation for birds specifically because, yeah, I, I only have birds to grow there on like mammals or anything. So, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I'm focusing on birds. Okay. So, what yeah. photography have you been up to more recently? Okay. So, now and then we go to like small nature reserves like Elderberg Nature Reserve or Chook Nature Reserve. But uh, otherwise, my normal seabird photography here, yeah, uh, been up. What are some of the usual species you get there? So there are about like 
I, I counted, I have 16 species on my list that I've seen here. And they are like African black oyster catcher and uh, hot tub gull, kelp gull, gray-headed gull, few cormorant species, crown cormorant, white-breasted cormorant. We've got some terns, swift tern, sandwich tern, get wagtails now and then, hmm. uh, gray herons, black-headed herons, little egrets, Egyptian geese, a common wimbrel. Well, I think it was a common wimbrel. I only tentatively get spotted as one. And uh, pine okay. kingfishers and sacred ibis. Uh, now, just interesting about the crown cormorant. Um, it's quite nice that you get to see them there. I saw my first one at the end of last year when we went to Hermanus, which is uh, sort of closer to Cape Town. And um, it looks so similar to the, the reed cormorant. And I guess... Their habitats are different according to the bird books, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I saw mine on the rocks, like at the shore, yeah. um, on the rocky shore at the beach, and it was sitting there amongst the white-breasted and cape cormorants, and it has this subtle difference on the head from the the reed cormorants in that it has more of a crest, and sort of you can sometimes you can tell from the, the ring around the eye and the tail length, but the main difference is the crest on the head, which can differ in different birds especially in adults, because the yeah. reed cormorant juvenile has a uh, the white breast. Have you ever seen that? Uh, yeah, actually, I do see that quite a lot, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and they stay like that for quite a while. Um, I mean, even inland lakes, yeah. the, the reed cormorants are there. They have a very broad habitat, whereas the crown cormorant is said to mainly be like a shorebird hunting on rock pools and yeah. in, in, in the surf. And then in nature's valley, a couple of years back when I started birding, I was birding with my friend along the shore. And that is, um, by the way, other side of the garden route, uh, the garden route's most eastern boundary. And we saw this cormorant uh, diving in the surf, you know, up and down. It was a small one. So we're like, no, it's not a white-breasted. It's not a cape cormorant. And we looked at it and it had that, it was either a reed cormorant or a um, crowned cormorant. But crowned cormorants don't occur any further east than, say, Strand or Hermanus. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. come this close to the garden route. So now the thing is that the, the habitat that it was in was the crown cormorant's habitat, but it was um, in the range for a reed cormorant. And it didn't have that big crest like a reed cormorant, although maybe, I don't know, its hairstyle was floppy because the wet, the water was, you know, it wet the feathers or whatever. But um, yeah, I've got some very sketchy um, and uh, blurry photographs of it, although it turned out it's most likely a reed cormorant and we were very amateur for um, birders back then. But it was a, just a very interesting incident that um, I may have seen a crowned cormorant um, in the garden route, but who knows, it's probably just a reed cormorant that decided to take a swim in the ocean for once, because I'm sure they do do that every now and then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've had some trouble with that situation as well, knowing whether it's a or a, or a Ground cormorant. At first, uh, I, I thought that when my birding, when I didn't have knowledge I have now, um, I first thought the cormorants I see here are reed cormorants and white breasted cormorants. But then I, I saw in the bird book that reed cormorants um, don't really occur on the, as you said, uh, shore. Uh, and right. they are most likely ground cormorants that I'm seeing here. Yeah. Okay. No, that's very nice that you get them there. Um, can't wait to see one again, yeah. even though they are thought about as trash birds because you see them all over the place. <laughs> um, but yeah, nice species. And what are some of your favorite sightings from your local patch or your house? 
so much. I like seeing the gray and black-headed parents around here. That's that's pretty good sighting, but I can't get very close to them. For some reason, even though they're the biggest birds here, you can't get closer than 15 meters to them, and they are. Yeah, so it's pretty nice seeing them. Uh, I also it was pretty interesting. The other day, we saw a white-breasted prominent fly, like diving underwater and back up again. Uh, and every time he came up, up, we watched if he had if he had caught anything. And uh, yeah. every time he came up with that. Uh, and then actually one time he came up with a fish and we were like straining our eyes to try and see what it was. <laughs> uh, and then I would clearly see from the shape it was a puffer fish. A puffer fish. Oh, we were really, really surprised. <laughs> uh, and it started blowing up in the comrade's mouth and it started struggling to swallow it. It was like really comic. <laughs> so my like word. <laughs> adjusting it in his beak to try and get it uh, deep late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to swallow it. Eventually, it yeah. That was pretty cool to see. Oh, and I can't imagine if that oplasi, as we call it in Afrikaans, decided to blast up in the cormorant's mouth <laughs> or like inflate, inflate itself in the cormorant's <laughs> mouth. But hopefully, you are just dead before he swallowed it. Although, yeah, they, they are sort of known to just swallow their prey whole. I've seen. Um, as you mentioned now, the black-headed heron, yeah. like swallowing a whole flayrat uh, in the botanical gardens where I go to school, swallowing it whole. Um, but it wow. probably stunned it with its beak because they, they like shoot it, their beak forward like a spear. Um, very interesting hunting yeah. styles. So yeah, any other sightings? So yeah, I have a few other interesting sightings as well. Uh, so this can't really be called a sighting, but seeing Cape Wagtails um, bob their tails up and down. That's really, really interesting. It captivated me. And uh, I looked in my bird book. It's called, uh, not not my, my bird identification book, um, another bird book. It's called Beat About the Bush Birds by Trevor Connick. Right. And it's an excellent publication. It's about bird behavior. I don't know if you know about it, Mark. Yes, I actually have it sitting on my shelf next to me here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so in there, there stands that kept wagtails, all wagtail species actually, mm. wag their tails, uh, but we didn't, don't know why they do this yet. We don't know. Uh, mm. But the wagging is most pronounced after landing and uh, when nervous, which is very, very interesting. Sure. Okay. And do you, do, you, do you also have a hypothesis or would you go with those ones that the, the beat about the bush uh, book suggests? So it has one suggestion that, that perhaps it's, to flush prey from their hiding spots. And uh, I think that's quite a likely, likely theory, actually. Mm, it's true. Um, because they, yeah, they walk along the shore or when to the shore, some inland, of course, as well. Uh, and uh, bugs or anything disturbed on the may come out when they see that wag tail. And uh, yeah, so that might might be a, might be why. I think that's that's a good point. Any other interesting sightings or favorite birds you like to photograph around there? So another one is definitely the African black oyster catcher. Right. And uh, unfortunately, they're endangered and don't see a lot of them around here. Um, but they're really, really beautiful and incredibly fun to photograph. I love photograph. Because uh, most birds that I photograph are not about stationary when I photograph them, like sitting or standing. Uh, but oyster catchers, they're all over the place. They're moving the whole time and uh, foraging for food. And which are my my bird book actually says they eat mussels, limpets, worms, and other marine vegetables. 
Uh, I've seen one eating a limp once. I got a photograph, quite happy with it. But yeah, I like photographs. So, act. Nice. Yeah, they are a very interesting <laughs> South African <laughs> subject to photograph. Um, and yeah, I think it's a, it's a very special bird for South Africa because it's almost endemic. And I think there's actually quite an interesting success story about the species. Uh, they recently got uh, re-statist, if I can say, uh, in that they've actually become one step back from uh, endangered. I think they're uh, on the verge of in- endangered wow. or vulnerable perhaps now, because I think in the last 10 years, um, there was this project uh, specifically in the garden route I'll speak about. I think it might have covered the Western Cape and other shores around South Africa uh, that they were protecting breeding sites for African oyster catchers. Um, and uh, they stopped dogs from going onto certain beaches or there was restrictions for dogs only allowed on leashes and they restricted certain dunes off where people weren't allowed to go and people were monitoring. Yeah. People are still monitoring actually the nest sites of African black oyster catchers and they have become I think from rare or very uncommon in the garden route because they were critically or, or at least endangered uh, around the whole South African coastline to like common along every single beach you go uh, in the garden route. And if not, if not the Western Cape as well. Um, and that's only been in the last 10, 10 or 20 years that um, they've gone from endangered to vulnerable, I believe uh, are the right words. So definitely an interesting and special species for South Africa. And um, if you could have two tips for photographers out there, what would be your two photography tips when photographing birds? So, so I'd say that would definitely be number one, zigzag towards birds. When you're approaching birds, zigzag towards them. Uh, don't go directly. They're far more, far more like birds. We walk directly. You get far, far closer to zigzag towards them. And I got that tip. From Esoch uh, Pretorius, the bird photographer, do you know about him? Oh, no, I actually don't. Who is he? Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's actually a uh, one of our best photographers here in Southern Africa. And awesome. uh, he wrote a book called Insider's Guide, How and Where to Photograph Birds. So oh, I yes. I know the uh, book, actually. Yeah. Okay. So I got I got my zigzag tip from him, <laughs> from, from the book. Uh, yeah, so my, my best tip would be zigzag towards birds and not approach directly. And mm. the second one would be trying to get to the bird's depth. Even if you've got to lay on your stomach, get to the bird's depth. It is eye view. That's, that's a big Yes, the eye level. Because of course, yeah, getting to the eye level is going to increase the drama of the image dramatically. And it's going to, the impact is going to be heightened. I see, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Now, yeah, thanks for that, Eon. Now, just for a little bit of a, a new, let's say, feature to the Birding Life Views podcast, we're going to do our first quiz, and not just any quiz, because I know that Eon and I both speak Afrikaans. Um, so today we're going to do a little Afrikaans English quiz on bird names uh, that uh, <laughs> Eon gets in his local area. So you're going to have to translate these words to either English or Afrikaans. I'm going to give you a list of 10 species um, that you have to either translate from English to Afrikaans or vice versa. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, cool. Little egret. So that's a, that's a difficult one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, explain. 
Kleinwetterreihe. Cool. Uh, white-breasted cormorant. The Witbosteiger. yes. Oh, did you not sorry, say it? Sorry. Oh, okay, wait. I'll have to mark that one wrong then. <laughs> Crown cormorant. Crown cormorant is a Kleifkopfdeiker. Okay. Kolgans. A Egyptian goose. Cool. Uh, a klein vulp. Klein vulp. That's a <laughs> common wimbrel. Yes. A skoorsteenveer. Sacred ibis. Cool. Pied kingfisher. Bontvisvanger. Swartobi. Swartobi. That's an African black voice catcher. And then grootsterki. Grootsterki. That's a sandwich. Cool bananas. All right. So that's nine out of ten. Well done on that quiz, man. Um, <laughs> now, just for one more, I got an extra just in case as a bonus because now you got nine out of ten. How about false front kivit? False front kivit. A white fronted plover. Say again? A white fronted plover. Am I right? Indeed. All right. So, okay. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Well done, my man. That is awesome. <laughs> Cool. Well done, Ian. Uh, that was really cool to have a chat with you and uh, listen to some of your adventures and some advice that you have on your seabird expeditions. It was great to have you on the Birding Life Youth Podcast. I look forward to chatting to you again, man. Yeah, that was great. Thanks Mark, for having me. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can check out the Birding Life on all your social media platforms and your preferred podcast players. Until next time, happy birding. Happy birding.